U.S. Surgeon General recently released a report about workplace mental health and well-being. It lays out five essentials, including protection from harm, opportunity for growth, work-life harmony, and connection and community. I'm Mike Pachenik. On this episode of The Balancing Act, we're talking workplace well-being and attracting and retaining top talent. My guests include Fagri Drinker's Chief Operating Officer, Jane C. Cole, the firm's well-being consultant, Ali Schreyer, and Managing Director of Growth Play, Deb Nupp. Welcome to you all. So Jane, Fagri's well-being efforts really came to the forefront at the beginning of the pandemic. How so? When our leadership team kind of got together during the pandemic, and we stepped back and we said, we have to do something. We, we had this window into um, the intersection of people's personal lives and professional lives like we've never had before. And um, I think that really created um, a, just a, a very um, authentic conversation amongst our leadership team, not just about the vulnerability and struggles we were seeing in, in our own people, but also amongst ourselves. At its core, we really thought well-being is really about how we thrive in all parts of our lives, right? And if we cannot thrive in all parts of our lives, we can't really come together in, in all the ways we want to come together as professionals, as parents, as spouses, as caregivers, right? Um, and so it was really important for us as we added on additional resources as part of this sort of, con- as I keep calling it, the constellation of our, our mental health and well-being program is that those benefits or those resources were available not just to our colleagues, but to their families. Our colleagues can't really thrive in all parts of their lives if they're worried about how their their spouse or their partner or their child or their parent um, is thriving. And so it was, it was really important that not only we made those benefits available to them, those resources available to them, even if they didn't participate in our, the rest of our health and welfare benefits, these are outside of that. Everybody, it's available to everybody. And it was really important to us that they were really easily accessible. Allie, how did the conversation evolve into having you work with the team? They had connected with me during the pandemic to say, can you come in? We know that our people need support. Can you come in and start doing some talks and you know some presentations on things to make sure that we are starting to at least address and take care of and give some resources um, to the well-being needs of our people. And so from there, that's really when I think those conversations evolved. I started to learn about some of the things. People started talking amongst each other as well and saying like, gosh, this is actually really helpful, right? Like we need more of this from different lenses, not just Alley. We need Home Thrive. We need all these other features that we have, um, but they all do different things and work collaboratively. So one component of Fagri's well-being strategy is an initiative called We're All Humans. Allie, can you tell us how it works? It's a once a month conversation via WebEx or Zoom, and it is open to all colleagues across the entire firm. Um, but it's meant to be a candid conversation with leaders on the firm about mental health topics as well as just human topics, right? Who they are, their highs, their lows, everything that comes in the middle of that and highlighting that, just like the title says, we're all human, right? The piece that I really enjoy about it is that it highlights the resiliency that people have, but also highlights the challenges that people experience. And sometimes I think, especially in law firms, there's a disconnect between one level of the organization and kind of the top level of the organization. And there's a perception that maybe like they've never struggled or they always do so well or nobody messes up or right. Like this whole imposter syndrome kind of complex that the, that maybe the other generation has. And so it debunks a lot of that. 
and really talks about like, no, when I struggled when I was an associate, as well as I struggled last week. So Deb, you work with lots of law firms to help them unlock their true potential. What do you think of the well-being program FAKE re-implemented? There was a tremendous amount of courage during the pandemic to pay attention to what experts were telling us, what the science was telling us, and to the realities that many are predicting that some of the greatest and most epic consequences of the pandemic are still yet to be reached in 2024. And so what I can say with great confidence is Jane and her executive colleagues said, we we really need to put our attention to what can we do? How do we get in, in anticipation and not simply wait reactively to say, oh, well, people are struggling. Now we're going to respond. What I've really appreciated about the strategy, and where I think, Jane, you'll be able to share with this too, is just how powerful it is to get out ahead of something and not doing it because every other law firm is doing, but rather to say, we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And we're going to try to set a trend and we're going to try to be the destigmatizers of this really important conversation that now. Here we are three years in, the world is starting to catch up to it. And Jane, what's your advice to other organizations about taking that first step to a well-being program? I think the first step, you know, really, if, if you're not already kind of doing, if you're not already hearing from your people is take an opportunity to do some listening. And, and I think authenticity of, about your own space um, and place is really helpful in that. I think the best way, if, if you're thinking about how do I approach my leadership team about some opportunities or some strategies to put some resources in place for your people, I think the best way to go about that is to have some facts. Uh, it's, it's much easier to go to a leadership team with facts and a plan for an approach than it is to just sort of speculate based on what other people, you know, are, are doing. And I would just say start, you know, every small step you can take makes a big difference in somebody's life and experience and their ability to engage in your organization. Deb, let me ask you, how does having a well-being program give law firms the upper hand in attracting and retaining talent? You know, so much of differentiation, Mike, is really a function of are you out behaving your competition? You know, when it comes to the kinds of things that any firm could invest into, you know, bells and whistles, whether it's, you know, flex time or design of, you know, particular time off policies or, you know, you know hybrid work or perks of, you know, longevity or anniversaries or, you know, extending, you know, recognition gifts or gratitude or, or you know, different educational experiences. And by and large, there's a lot of sameness with regards to how firms are making investments in the name of workforce effectiveness. What I think is the differentiator, though, is not just what you're doing, it's how these things are coming to life. I think the second thing is to see that mental health, well-being, caregiving, that it is embedded into every aspect of the work that is that we're engaging. So we don't think of this as well, you do your well-being stuff after you've hit your billable hours or, you know, this whole mental health self-care thing, you know, that's only after you've landed the million dollar client, you know, after you've done your sales and client service, then, then we're going to give you some room and space. I think taking a very integrative approach and having an attunement that this isn't something that stands alone as an outside program, but it is very much integrated. Jane, I'll give you the last word here. One of the benefits you implemented as part of your well-being program is the Home Thrive Caregiving Benefit. Why and how has it helped your team? I was completely unaware of Home Thrive until one of our partners introduced me to their CEO. And I learned about really why he started the company. And I talked to some peers and other firms who immediately said, this has become our widest used benefit in the firm, right, from day one. And I can tell you, I have 
probably twice a week, numerous emails in my inbox of people who have found their way to uh, Home Thrive. I have emails that say life changer, life changer. I was at the end of my rope. This was a life changer. So I think it's worth, if you haven't talked to them, it's worth having the conversation. If you can't do it this year, I know there are great people that can help you think about future engagements, but it is a tremendous resource that I just personally missed that we had a need for. So I'm I'm really grateful for their partnership. Thank you so much for that, Jane. And thanks to Allie and Deb for joining me too. If you'd like to learn more about how Home Thrive can help your team, go to homethrive.com, go to the Who We Serve tab and scroll down to employers. And for more insights from HR pros, go to our blog, balancingact.homethrive.com. For Home Thrive, I'm Mike Pachenik.